0: Greening with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: All right, back and better than ever, we continue here at ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance on and on and on we go. Jay Williams in studio. We'll dive back into what he's brought up here. He and Charles Barkley coming with this weak argument. Uh. uh, And I I am just batting it back the way Charles would have fought for a rebound all those years. Um, And then we'll get back into some of this NFL coaching stuff, which I think is really interesting. But let me tell you a quick story. So for those of you who are just joining us here at the top of an hour, let me explain exactly where we are. Charles Barkley basically got in Jay Will's ear at a college game at Auburn this weekend Mm -hmm. and convinced Jay that it is lame, your word, yes that the Lakers hung a banner in their arena commemorating their championship in the NBA's inaugural in-season tournament. Am I explaining that correctly? That is an accurate assessment. And I have taken completely the opposite position which is to say I think they did exactly the right thing because they are part of the NBA, and everyone in the NBA has a vested interest in the in-season tournament being meaningful. They want it to be something that fans care about. They ask the fans to care about it. They ask the players to take it seriously. And then what you cannot do is have it come and go and then pretend it never happened at all. So I have zero issue with them unfailing what is a smaller, we are watching on our screen here, the banner. It's next it is to a the smaller the world championship banner. banner. banner it's it, next to the world championship it's banner. It's next to them, but it is not the same size. <laughs> it is not as prominent. It says in-season tournament. They're not trying to act like it mm-hmm. is something other than what it is. And so what I, again, I will come back to you for those who are just joining us. And I would say when this NBA in-season tournament rolls around next year, and they want to try and make it as big as they possibly can and make it a big deal and everything else how are they going to do that if people say to them well last year the lakers won it and they acted like it didn't even matter you got 10 minutes after it was over they made no big deal out of it they're not handing out rings they're not confusing it or or comparing it no one is comparing it in this conversation with the nba title that is won in june except you and charles i'm saying it is a good idea to commemorate it. This is something that they want to grow over the next five years and beyond. And this was the best way for them to do that. All I'm saying is it feels like we're
2: living in a world where you're talking about what's best for business. Yeah. That makes all the sense in the world. Right. I understand that. But from the Lakers perspective, you are one of the all-time winningest teams in NBA history mm-hmm. so the the there are other ways of commemorating an end season tournament than hanging a banner like what give them a, put up a plaque do something <laughs> do something different than hanging a banner you know what i hate granny when i go into gyms and i see nine thousand banners it makes things meaningless i'm like well well where are the national championship banners i see the eastern conference smaller division the atlantic division the, the central division all these other. i want to see championship banners we talk about championships being the defining things for teams Mm -hmm. i don't like where everybody gets a trophy i
1: want to see the trophy but this is a trophy they want to matter what i'm saying to you is they don't want this not to matter. The NBA, the Lakers, and everyone else wants this to be meaningful. Now we're getting into a a, a syntax discrepancy over whether we should have a plaque or a banner. Is that really what we're doing Yes, yes, it's a plaque. Maybe by putting a banner up there, the Lakers are actually sending a message to the world, this does matter. This did matter to us. This is something people should take seriously in the future. Maybe this is actually outstanding... By them, They're saying, for all the stuff we've accomplished, this does matter to me. You think, Laker fans,
2: if you're a Laker fan and you're at home right now or you're in your car, you're looking at yourself after this is over and saying, you know what, this season has been a success. We won the in-season tournament.
1: See, you, Are you keep, saying that? You keep elevating the state. Yes! I'm leaving it right where it is. Nobody the in-season is- tournament is what the in-season tournament is. It matters as much as you decide to make it matter. But it doesn't... <sighs> I'm I mean, let me tell mind. you my story. Yes, okay. Let me tell you my story. I was many years ago, this is a long time ago. I was, I had the great privilege of being backstage at an awards show mm-hmm. where they were giving out a variety of awards. Okay. And one of the awards they gave was to Jack Nicholas, the legendary Jack Nicholas, uh, the, the most accomplished golfer of all time. Yes. Right there in the GOAT conversation. I, I believe he is the greatest golfer of all time. Um, but certainly he and Tiger Woods are the two that you can talk about. Jack's uh, longevity, in my opinion, puts him at number one. But either way, you don't need me to tell you who Jack Nicholas is. He, of course, in his home has 18 major championship trophies. <laughs> he has a green jacket, even though those are supposed to stay at Augusta. He has any number. I can't even fathom the number of trophies and awards he has in his house, right? Mm-hmm. So he is given an award he goes out onto the stage he receives it he is handed some kind of you know cup I don't know what it is a trophy and he makes a beautiful meaningful touching exceptional speech and then he came walking off the stage people are clapping all that kind of stuff they the conversation you know the, the 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 ceremony moves on to something else as he walks off the stage he puts the trophy down on a little table and just keeps walking. <laughs> yes! I have no idea yes! what became of it. <laughs> no, I don't know what it was. I don't know where it is. I don't know. But I can tell you one thing is for certain. He wasn't interested in it. And this is the reason I tell you that story. Because the NBA in-season tournament cannot be that. Cannot be something that LeBron James, with his four NBA championships, gets handed that little trophy, and as he walks off the stage, he leaves it on the little table, and then just goes out into the night and minds his own business. If you allow this in-season tournament trophy, if you allow this in-season tournament event to be that, then there's no way in the world you're ever going to get the fans to care about it. If you want the fans to care about it, you have to convince them it matters to you. That I have been arguing this point in a different way for years. When NBA players, and they, they've been so much better this year about playing, look how good the season has been. Because the best players are playing, it feels like practically all of the games. When the NBA players rest, when they just take a game off, what they are, the message they are sending to you as a fan is, this game doesn't matter enough to me to play it, so why should you care about it? This is the opposite of I'm, that.
2: I'm so ready to dice up your argument here. Go! Okay? You're telling me the only way to show two fans that it matters yeah. is to put up a banner. You're, there's nothing else meaningful that you can do than putting up a banner. You I can't say a, I, I think it's a good way. It's, it's, I mean, so you're telling me if before a game they say "Welcome your 2023 end season tournament champs" and everybody comes out, they put their hands up, they all get some kind of reward. That that that's not meaningful. Like because I think we're having two <laughs> separate conversations. I agree that it's the best thing for the league having your best players buy into it and having LeBron James, one of the greatest players to ever walk the planet, mm-hmm. want to win it. I get that. But I think there are other ways you can commemorate it. If you're the Lakers, than hanging a banner that is just as meaningful. So again, I want to make clear,
1: you, this is about the Lakers. Yes, this is about the so Lakers. If Indiana had won that game Hang that a banner. night, they have never won an NBA championship. Hang a banner. You would, but would that in its own way not be infinitely lamer. Now you walk in there and you say, oh, you can't win an NBA championship but you're going to put up an in-season tournament one. That's really weak. No. For the Lakers with their 16 NBA titles to hang one, I think is actually more meaningful.
2: No, I think it's more meaningful for the Pacers who's never won anything. I mean, I, I, I'd rather them so, hey, Here's one of the first things. This is the first step for us getting to where we want to be inevitably. Mm-hmm. For the Lakers, I, I don't think me seeing a, ban- a banner going world champion, world champion, world champion, world champion, IST. Champ-. What? What is, what is that? In-season they actually tournament?
1: spelled it out on the banner. It does say in-season tournament. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> for what, what it's mean, worth. Yes. It doesn't just say IST. Bubba, what is your perspective on this argument?
3: I think if they have a tournament – and where people can win in season I, they should hang the banner like they're playing to win a tournament in the season that's sanctioned everyone's playing anyone can win you should hang the banner i don't i don't understand i think it's different in college when it's when um like the maui all this stuff is different when it's literally not everyone can play this was a ter- tournament where every single person every team could play there's one winner You crown a, you crown a winner you hang the banner the Maui thing is different because those are certain teams are invited. Only eight specific teams are invited or whatever it is, and it's essentially invitational. So I don't, I don't think that's the perfect comparison. For this, I think, it's it's a new setup. I understand that. It doesn't mean the same as an NBA Finals or doesn't mean the same as other things. But I think when you're going to have a tournament that includes every single team and there's going to be one winner, you crown a champion, you hang a banner, and it may, that's fine. It doesn't mean the same. But there is a winner. You crown a champion, you hang a banner. I'm fine with it. I have no issue with it. So there's one vote
1: on my side. Cam.
4: I see why it's viewed weirdly now by some people, but I don't think it'll be viewed weirdly in coming years when this becomes a staple of the NBA and every other team is hanging in-season tournament championship banners.
2: Like, like, like Do they, we have to hang them next to the world championship banners? Can we put them in a separate part <laughs> of the stadium? To listen
4: to what we're fighting over now. Yes, you
2: semantics, and Charles,
1: they matter. You and Charles are concerned now about where the banner is hanging, should it be a plaque? What, what 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 we're saying here is it is more meaningful. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that the NBA in-season tournament, five years from now, will feel like something really meaningful to NBA players and fans?
2: Yes, because of the money.
1: Yes. Yeah. yes. And, and, for and whatever by reason. the way, in,
2: in anything you do in life, if there's a tournament, I want to compete and I
1: want to win. Right. Yes. So... I think that what you're sending the message is, is this was meaningful to us. It didn't mean nothing. I'm not leaving the trophy on a little table as I walk off the stage. <laughs> and and that will pay forward towards next year. I think if anything has happened here, you need to call Chuck. You need to tell Barkley, listen, I tried to bring this argument to the radio. And they shot down it every single point we made. So let's see if he's ready to come back. Remember how he said to Stephen A, you're going to get an ass whooping if you come over here. Remember he said that? When he said that, when the two shows got together again? Yes, I do. So say that to Charles. Have him come on here and we will do exactly the same thing. I will bring him on next time I'm on air. Give me one more NBA thought before you go. Anything else? Anything else you're into? Anything else you're into?
2: I am looking forward to watching how Ja Morant comes back from this game layoff. Um, How he... I still think there's a legitimate shot because of how we like the comeback story for John Morant to be the face of the league, depending upon how he handles this comeback. Yeah. I firmly
1: believe that. Oh, I do, too. Uh, Look, the bottom line of it is I believe in America, and I only say I don't know that this is limited to America, but it's the only place where I know it. I believe that Americans look at you when you make a big mistake, and I believe what he did was an enormous mistake. And if you look them back in the face and say, I get it, I own it, I get that what I did was wrong, I've learned from it, and I'm going to be better because of it, let's put it this way. As a society, if we're going to be unwilling to accept that, then we are lost. Mm. Then we are basically writing people off for every mistake they make. And do you know how many people in history have made no mistakes? None. Trial and error is the only way in human history, the only proven way to accomplish anything. Everyone gets stuff wrong. In fact, no one has ever gotten anything exactly right until they have first gotten it at least a little bit wrong. So I agree with you. I believe that what he did, the, 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 the things he did with the guns and everything else, that is a major, not a minor thing. I think that it was appropriate that he faced significant discipline. And I believe if he owns that and he looks the world in the face and says, I understand why it was a problem. I'm going to be better. Let me prove it to you. I believe that he has a chance a year from now to be absolutely beloved in every way he otherwise could have
2: been. You have to win. You have to win it. I'll bring his name up. I mean, Kobe Bryant went through some pretty horrible things. Mm -hmm. But when he won it, you don't hear normal people talk about some of the horrible things that Kobe went through. They will overall, when they talk about the entirety of his career, because you can't lose sight of what occurred. But ultimately, if you win, winning cures all in
1: our world. We will see. Jay Will, a pleasure to see you. As always, thank you, my man. If thank I don't you for see beating you me up in nine, an argument. Well, look, I mean, yeah, I you think know, it's, it's fine. It's, it's obvious fine. what happened there. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'll take a loss. There's always a winner I'll and a loser. And I think I'm going to hang a banner <laughs> in my locker in the back room. I'm going to put up a banner. I, I won the December 19th argument with Jay Will <laughs> and Charles Barkley. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio.
5: Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
1: ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com
5: eligible items only exclusions apply with everyone fighting for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact Constant Contacts writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contacts' best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contacts' expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast.
1: All right, Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of stuff going on around the NFL right now. We had a lot of good basketball conversation in here. With uh, with Jay Will, who was just with us for the the last hour or so, and that was good fun. Cam, are you aware of what happened with Hembo? I mean, he he at what point last night did he get sick? Because I didn't know until I got here this morning that he wasn't here, and then conveniently, like a good hour and a half into the get up meeting this morning, I get a text from Hembo claiming a stomach bug. And that he just isn't well enough to come into work today, when in actuality, I think he just didn't feel like taking the beating that was just waiting for him having absolutely ridden the eagle bandwagon into the ground the last week or so telling us oh they're 10 and 3 but they've played the toughest schedule there's no question they're still the best team they're going to beat everybody up and they're going to show you how good they are and then they promptly went out last night and lost to drew Locke and seattle that's what i think happened to Hembo.
4: yeah he said buy Hmm. all your stock now in the eagles that's what he said i think is a cautionary tale uh, even then and even more so now. Hembo texted Bubba and I at 2.44 a.m. and said, hey, guys, been up all night with a stomach bug of some kind going to have to sit out today. So he was he was texting. When in the middle is the last the
1: time he's been awake at 2.44 a.m.? So let's analyze this. Why would he text you guys at 2.40 something a.m. and not me? Doesn't that seem like a strange move by him? He wanted to let you guys know he wasn't coming. He didn't want to let me know that he wasn't coming. We have a group chat that all of us are in. So what actually happened there is he had to make the conscious decision to rather that. so it's called – I think – what is it called? It's it's just called
4: radio show. It's It's you, me, Hembo, Bubba, and Liam. That's right. Why not text that one?
1: Why wouldn't you text – why would Hembo not text that group chat – I think this is suspicious, to be honest. He decides to, he has to create separately a separate text that just says, you have to go through, scroll through the contacts, Cam, okay, that one goes up there, then scroll through, Bubba, then that one goes up there, and then write a text. All this at 2.42 in the morning when he has allegedly been, I don't know if he's up sick or down sick, as we say in my house, but when you have a stomach bug, it can be one or the other, and God help you if it's both, but you can be either... Upsick or down sick? You don't need me to explain which of those what those mean. But either way, he's he decided to go to all of that trouble, Bubba, to text just the two of you at two forty-two a.m. and leave me out of it. I find this highly suspicious. Yeah, I mean, well,
3: it's very strange because you're also saying you didn't even know, right? I didn't know. I mean, last last I checked, Get Up is on before this radio show. Mm -hmm. So I would think, first things first, you want to let the Get Up team know Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be in. And then secondly, he can let us know the show that comes on Two hours after. Two hours. He can let us know. That's correct. I mean, he basically told us seven hours in advance.
1: Seven hours.
3: First, that he's not going to be on the radio show today.
4: Seven hours. But he did
3: not let the TV show, his primary show, He wasn't going to be there much later. Strange behavior.
4: I'm just imagining Hembo either being up sick or down sick and frantically getting out his phone and being like, the radio show starts in seven hours. I must text Bubba or Cam to let them know I won't be there. And they're both asleep for the next four hours. He must
3: have been so – again, I just just can't imagine. I honestly would like to know the last time he was up at 2.44 a.m., I – I'm not ruling out he's never been up that late before.
1: Oh, I think that's highly, I would, in fact, I would describe that as likely, not just possible. I think that is probably more likely than anything else. All right, so anyway, Hembo uh, not here to face the music. Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets, facing the music um, when it comes to how badly they played this past week. And then on questions about Aaron Rodgers. So Sala in his press conference said that despite the loss this past weekend, 30 to nothing, in which their quarterback got concussed, in which their offensive line probably played, and I do not mean this as hyperbole, probably played the worst game I've ever seen an NFL offensive line play in my 50 years of watching the sport. And despite the fact that the Jets were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs on that day, Robert Sala says that Aaron Rodgers wants to play this week against washington
3: aaron wants to play that's let's not confuse that one he's that's why he's been working so hard to get back his willingness to play even if he's not even 100 percent, is at the forefront of his mind like he he wants to go but like i said until he's actually cleared i'm not going to talk about it with anybody
1: so that's the thing the jets are falling back on is he hasn't been cleared but for those of you who aren't following this situation they have until tomorrow to make this decision His ability to practice with the team. He gets a three-week, I don't even understand the rule, but for whatever reason, he gets to practice for three weeks and then they have to decide if he comes off injured reserve or not. He has to go on the roster. Now, I am accepting all apologies and hearing none for having been right all along when I said on this show... That Aaron Rodgers was going to start practicing with the Jets in early December and was going to make his return on December 24th against Washington. Bubba, when did I first say that? I think I said that in October. Yeah, I, that, I was a, way before anyone else was. I, did you uh, see all the criticism I received for that?
4: Yes. Are you oh, yeah. aware
1: of all the. Everybody a lot of crushing mocking. me. I was mocked, Greeny as delusional. Well, I was obviously 1,000% right. He came back to practice. He actually beat my prediction. He started practicing at the end of November. And he is now, in his mind, ready to play on December 24th. The Jets have an impossible decision to make. Let me rephrase that. They have only one decision to make. Aaron Rodgers cannot be allowed to play. He cannot. Now, If you want to put him out there the last week of the season... And a game that is going to be meaningless. They're playing New England, so you're not impacting the playoffs or anything else. So whatever roster spot you're taking up that might otherwise be used for a linebacker who runs down on kickoff, you're not playing against a team that's going to be playing, you know, a, a playoff for a playoff spot or anything. So it's not uh, compromising the competitiveness of the game. If you want to allow Rodgers to take up a roster spot so we can go out there and ceremonially take a snap and hand the ball off once and then come off, that I'm fine with. By the way, it
3: was uh, October 4th is when you were saying um, Greeny is not ruling out Aaron Rodgers being able to return this season.
1: Correct. I, I mean, and, and October 4th, which is pretty, less, less pretty than sure, a month yeah. after That's the injury. Crazy. I almost immediately gave the dates.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I remember. We, oh, we, we went where, through the where schedule. Where are all the apologies? We went through the schedule and we picked this one because we thought the Jets would get a few more Ws and that when When, when,
1: when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I, I, last week, we took a minute and 45 clip of us being as wrong as human beings sure. can possibly be about Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. In this business, you say things and sometimes you're wrong about them. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. None of us are perfect. But I don't like that no one is now saying, well, actually, all those times I made fun of him and all those nasty articles we wrote and everything else. Turns out he was right because I wasn't making it up. I was hearing it from him, not not him directly. But I was hearing it from people who know him, that he had that in his head the whole time and believed it was going to happen. So anyway, the point of the story is now they cannot let him play this weekend. And the relationship with Rodgers has been so good. They've managed it so well. He's not an easy person. I think in an honest moment, he would tell you he's not an easy person. He's a genius. Geniuses are rarely easy people to deal with. And by genius, I don't mean intellectually. I don't mean his IQ. I don't know how smart he is or isn't when it comes to things like that. That that I don't know. But what I do know is he's a football genius. He, he is one of the rarest of rare brilliant players the sport has ever had. And those people are touchy. You don't get to be that way without it. Michael Jordan was that way. Um, I'm trying to, Tom Brady was that way. And Aaron is that way. So I think the Jets have, they have been very careful in making sure that in every way he knows they support what he wants because it it led to him being picture perfect From the moment the trade took place to the moment he went down with the injury, which is to say that literally everything over which he had control, he has handled perfectly from the moment he was traded to the Jets. And now this could become the first time that they have a disagreement. It's not the biggest disagreement they can have. The far bigger disagreement might be over the coaching staff in the long run. But at least initially, I think Rodgers really wants to play. He wants to prove he could do it. And Part of me understands that. But football is a dangerous game. And we learned that in the first series of the season. So Bubba, Cam, they can't let him do it. Someone has to get in his ear. And if it has to be me, I'll do it. Aaron, we all love you for trying. We all love you for wanting this as badly as you do. And we all believe you did it for the right reasons. But this team isn't good enough to run that risk. There's no way in the world you can be put back there. I don't care who you're playing. There's no way in the world we can jeopardize next season so that you can go out there and play this weekend. Whatever help you think it will be to the team's morale and everything else, no amount of that is worth the risk. Life is about assessing the risk and reward of everything.
3: Did you hear... uh do you hear the other cut on your screen from Robert Sala? It kind of it addresses this. Dan Grosso
1: asked him when, when he was on. So you just play Let it. Let me can play hear, it, yeah. yeah he, it, he, this was Michael K. show when Dan Grosso was hosting. Yeah, just listen okay. to Sala's response. Yeah, here's what he says. Can Aaron go out there and protect himself behind this offensive line right now?
4: Shoot, sure, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm, I'm sure he'd be able to figure it out.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> what is that laughing? I know, he just at? laughs. No human being in the... Listen, okay, don't get me. I don't want him.
4: I don't think he believes what he's saying no, there. No,
1: no and no one uh, don't get me started. I mean, th- look, when things start to go bad, I'm having I'm in too good a mood today. You know, like everything is going well. My family is together for the first time in 4 months. We had a beautiful night last night. We we have our own little holiday tradition. The four of us, we do once a year where we do our own little gift exchange and we have our own fun and um, and, and and we had that last night, and it was a beautiful night. The kids were really happy. I was really happy. The dog was really happy. I'm not in the mood to get aggravated and mad about this. But Robert Sala knows as well as anyone because he stood up there after the game and threw his offensive line directly under the bus when that game ended and said it's impossible to do anything when you're getting destroyed up front Two days later, or whenever it was, a day later, for him to say, well, sure, he could figure it out. He's a holo-. No, he couldn't. No one could figure that out, okay? It doesn't make any difference what tools you give a person that can't be figured out. A calculator, an abacus, an, an, an apple, you're not, you're, not, you're not figuring that out. So whatever, let me get on to other topics because I don't want to get myself aggravated with that. Let's move on to other business. Let's talk about what DJ Moore in Chicago said about Justin Fields. DJ Moore, the Bears wide receiver, said i want justin fields back
0: i don't know y'all asked me that what last week somebody asked me that last week i'm still like bro where y'all seeing this like what what makes him not the quarterback for the chicago bears right now i get y'all got everybody coming out what it's like two of them i don't think they better than justin so they cool okay so
1: he's standing up for his teammate and his guy and that is fair i want to read you some statistics okay so so i'm going to read you the stat line of three different quarterbacks this year. You ready for this, Bubba and Cam? This was sent to me by a friend in Chicago. I'm not going to attach his name to it because I don't know if he'd want me to or not. Um, But he probably would be fine with it. I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I'll call him and and make sure if he is or isn't. But he's someone in the Chicago sports media who has a, a perspective on Fields. So here we go. Are you ready for this? Justin Fields... Has started 10 games this year. He's thrown for just under 2,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. His QBR is 42.5. Those are Justin Fields' numbers this year. I'm now going to read you the numbers of another player. This player has started 14 games, so it's more starts. He's thrown for 3,300 yards, 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. His QBR is 54.9. So, to be clear, he's thrown for 10 more touchdowns with the same number of interceptions, and his QBR is markedly higher. A 12-point difference in QBR is an enormous difference in the NFL. You want to take a guess who that quarterback is? Uh, I think it's Baker. It is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, the first pick in the draft once upon a time who was discarded by the Cleveland Browns and has now had a season that no one is paying any attention to, but he has a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that everyone thought was going to be the worst team in the sport, right? Brady retires. They looked completely lost last year. Salary cap, hell, everything else. That team is right in the fray. They're 7-7, seven and seven, which in the NFL right now, in the NFC right now, is a very respectable record behind a very good season from Baker Mayfield. His numbers are way, way better than Field's. Here's some others. They're practically identical in some ways. This is a player who has 13 starts, 2,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions, same numbers. QBR of 57.5. So a QBR that is 15 full points higher than Justin's. You want to take a guess who that is? Uh, That one I don't know. It's Gardner Minshew. Oh, wow. Brandon's guy. So what I'm trying to say, what he's trying to say to me, is Greeny, this campaign you're on that the Bears should trade the first pick and build around Justin Fields is wrong. You're wrong. He may not have had a fighting chance. He, he, he may have been a victim of a lot of circumstance. The Bears may have done absolutely everything wrong around him. But at the end of the day, there isn't any indication, no real indication besides the occasional eye test, that suggests this guy is about to become a great quarterback and so to pass on someone like Caleb Williams who by the time this draft process is over is going to be described as a generational prospect you're going to start hearing people comparing him to Trevor Lawrence and and guys like that that it would be an enormous mistake Bubba Cam buying it or not buying it
4: I am buying the idea of it but He wouldn't have been described as a generational prospect, but we'd be saying somewhat similar things about Justin Fields a few years ago. Like, we always think these guys coming out of the draft are just slam dunks. Trevor Lawrence has had a good career, but he's been quite up and down even the past couple seasons when he's improved. Right. So – it makes sense. I think the Bears are going to move on from Fields. They're going to draft Caleb Williams, everything. But I don't think it's like foregone conclusion that's going to solve everything. We just expect these guys to come in, immediately be great, because they're generational talents. Like, that doesn't happen, especially not when you're the Bears and you have a history of ruining good quarterbacks. What do you think of it, Bubs?
3: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I'm just not convinced that—I mean, I think a lot of it we're seeing with Fields is— yes, he's not put up great numbers, but as we've seen, is it because of the system? Is it because of the players? Is it because of the coaching? What is it? Yes, should he overcome some of that? You would think being a high draft pick, but I, I would like to see what he could do in, a, in, a, in a, with better coaching and a better system. And yeah, to Cam's point, is it a, is it a given that if Kale Williams comes in there, he's going to be that much better than Justin Fields? I'm, I'm just not sure it is. And I I get what people are saying with Gardner and Minshew, but again, this is just a small sample size with Minshew. There's a reason he's a career backup, um, you know, because he has flashes of brilliance, but in the in the end, he kind of regresses to the mean. So yes, he's having a very good se- a good season right now, but uh, I don't know. I still would lean towards. It might make sense to bring fields back and build around them with those draft
1: picks. All right. It's an interesting question. One way or another, I have another great story about Gardner Minshew and how on some level, I may have saved a man's life because of Gardner Minshew. That story is coming up after this word. From Vivid Seats, bowl season, basketball, hockey, and pro football are all in action, and Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, and every slam dunk live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us fans, offering unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and much more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of
5: ESPN. Back in a moment. sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash network all lowercase go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash network Greeny, the podcast.
1: All right, Greeny, with you here on ESPN Radio as we continue. Hashtag crew, uh, missing Hembo today, whose eagles made him sick last night. But sort of an, an honorary member of the hashtag crew is our stage manager, Brandon. You guys know Brandon. He guesses along every single day in our trivia contest and all of that. And And Bubba and Cam, do you remember what first made Brandon famous on this show?
4: I don't. Was well, it his love for Gardner Minshew? It was
1: his love for Gardner Minshew.
3: Or, or when he said his wife's name was Brandon.
1: Uh, we had that moment. Um, we had the moment where he told us what song was playing when he was conceived. Oh, yeah. Which was a really questionable decision on his part. He's th- had a lot of moments. I was playing the song Killing Me Softly <laughs> uh, by Roberta Flack, the original version, not not the one that the, that they remade. But the original one, and he looked at me, looked me straight in the face, and he said, you know, Greeny, that song was playing when, when I was conceived. <laughs> That's... And I said, why the hell do you know that? Uh... Why would you know that? That's so funny. Cam, do you know what, what do you mean, uh? Who just said, Uh. That was, said, uh-huh. That was me. I've
4: just never heard that story before. It's very funny. You've never
1: heard that before?
4: <laughs> no, I, that might predate my time on the show. Yeah, that was way back in the beginning.
1: Yeah, he said that. And I said, well, why on earth do you know that? Because in theory, there are only two people who know that, and neither of them should tell you that. I have honestly don't don't think I've ever heard
3: that about anyone before.
1: They
4: shouldn't tell anyone that, let alone Brandon. No one has ever
1: heard that before. Yeah, that's just not something I've ever heard. It's the strangest thing that anyone has ever said. Like, even if you knew, why would you just tell other people? Well, that's the thing. But I would think just mere knowing alone would cause you untold discomfort. Yeah, if I knew, I certainly would not tell. Now, every
4: time he hears that song...
1: Well, and and which, by the way, is every day because I play it every day as I walk into the studio. (laughs) I play it for Brandon every single day in his honor. Good, but I digress. Anyways, he loves Gardner. Brandon is from
4: being conceived all over again.
1: Brandon is from the island. He's from Long Island, and he is a crazy Jet fan. Grew up right by where they used to train out in Hofstra, and he loves the Jets like I love the Jets. And so last year, when all the debate was about who was going to wind up being the Jets quarterback. He was on the Gardner Minshew bandwagon to the point, you will recall, where he once said he'd rather the Jets get Gardner Minshew than Aaron Rodgers. This was before it was a real, before it looked like a real possibility the Jets would get Aaron. And I threw him out of the studio. I said, Brandon, you're not allowed to sit in this room if you have made that statement. Fast forward. Two weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers is here. He's in the building. He was here to do McAfee. It was a Tuesday, like 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 today. So sure. it, was, it was two weeks ago Three today. Days, yeah, I remember. And I was here because we were shooting, Stephen A. and McAfee and I were shooting some stuff together. And I had to wait until they finished their show. So we're just kind of sitting around. And Rogers gets here and he comes in and he's talking to me. And Brandon, who was the stage manager for McAfee, I'm talking to Rogers, having a lovely little chat. And Brandon comes walking over and he, his job is to tell Aaron, they're ready for you now. Can you follow me into the studio? We're like in the green room in the area in the back there. His job is to say to Aaron, they're ready for you now. Can you come with me? But he, 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 I can see Brandon stop dead in his tracks when he sees that it's me that Rogers is talking to. Because, and I can see the look of abject terror on his face that I'm going to say, hey, Aaron, say hello to Brandon. He's our stage manager, and he's a huge Jet fan. You know, last year he was adamant that he would rather the Jets get Gardner Minshew than you. I could have said that and then just walked away. I don't know what would have happened, but it would have been, at minimum, the most uncomfortable that any person has ever been Maybe in the history of mankind, let me ask you a question, Brandon. At whatever point it was that your parents told you, Brandon, there's something you should know. The night that you were conceived, we were listening to Roberta Flack singing Killing Me Softly. I can only imagine how uncomfortable that conversation must have been for you. Do you think it would have been more uncomfortable if I had told Aaron that you would rather have had, come on over here on the microphone, or does your headset work? come on over on the microphone he's such a stage manager he's still walking around to the other camera hilariously okay do you think it would have been more uncomfortable than even that if I had told Aaron that you would rather have had Gardner Minshew than him and then just walked away and left you to your
0: own devices I think if you would have told Aaron that it would have been one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life Mm -hmm. more than my father revealing to me that that was my conception song Conception you know, your song? Conception song, you say that like it's a thing. <laughs> it's a term. My my dad made it a thing. My my, my dad's a very old school not kind a thing. of alpha Jamaican guy, you know, and uh, my nickname growing up was Star. I don't know if you knew that. No. But all throughout the house, you know, Starboy. What's well, Starboy? But what does that have to do with the song? Well, the thing is because he conceived a star, you know, in his eyes because we had my older sister, and then when he held me for the first time, he held me – and he looked at me and he said, yeah, man, this is my star boy. Yeah. What does that have so to do that's with the nothing, song?
3: Nothing to do with well, anything. the song,
0: well, I guess it was made in love and he. So he wanted you to know that you were <clears throat>
1: conceived, but during Killing Me Softly. You just want people to know, to know to your dad you.
3: thinks you're a star. Is what, really all
1: what, this, yeah. what song was playing when your sister was conceived? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
0: She's not a star. That's a good one. So when he said that to you. Yeah. My mother didn't like it at all. She was mad at him. I can only imagine. Yeah. Tony, why you tell him that? Right. That would be, it would be
1: an extremely uncomfortable. So now let me circle back. Mm -hmm. If I had said that to Rogers and just
0: left you, what do you think you would have said? Well, that's why I shot you the look. I don't know if you saw that look. Oh, I I saw the look. Oh, I saw the look. Because Greeny's Greeny, and I work on, you know, his show, and uh, he is a man of high regard here in in the studio and in the hallways and, and at ESPN, who I highly respect, but- I looked at Greeny kind of like a guy in the street. I shot him this look. Yeah, like you would kill me if I. And said. then I looked yeah. away.
1: Bubba, so, let me ask you a question. <laughs> what kind of person, like, do you think the world is, is, is divided into two kinds of people? The ones who are going to tell Rogers that, and the ones who are not. Like, I think that's a pretty good way to to uh, sort of delineate who people are. The ones who are going to say that to Rogers, and the ones who are not. Right. Uh, yeah, I do, and I, honestly, I think you should have said it. Because, would you have oh, said it? Oh, gee whiz. I think it's a huge. I mean, I think it's a huge miss here because it's a, for content. It would have been unbelievable. Would you? Well, it's, it's still been pretty good content here. We just got like eight really good minutes out of yeah, it. Yeah, we would have got a lot more. Just imagine how. I mean, Rogers' reaction would have been unbelievable. We don't know what he would have said. I don't know. I'd have no idea what his reaction would have been. Would you have told him? Yes. Cam, would you uh, have told him?
4: I don't think I would have. No. Do you think Hembo would have told him? Hembo would have told him.
0: Hembo definitely would have. Hembo gets a little loose with the lips. I think, (laughs) you know? I think Hembo also, he's so socially um, inept that I think he
1: might have told him and not realized he was doing something wrong. Yeah. Like, he might have said that. And then you look at him and he goes, What? What's the big deal? And He's the same person like, who didn't had never heard the name Keith Richards yesterday. Yeah. He doesn't live in the same world as the rest of us. He also would yeah. introduce I mean,
3: himself to Aaron Keith as Richards Paul.
1: And I didn't grow up on that.
3: What did you say, Bubs? He would also introduce himself to Aaron as Paul.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no one knows him as that. Anyway, Brandon, I'm, I would never have done that to you. Thank you, Grady. You're too good a man, my man. And, uh, right and what can at I you. say? but he's uh, a star
4: yeah you are a star i yeah, kind of you know. like this conception song idea yeah it played <laughs> brandon it's, it's, it's convinced a, me with the whole star hit. story it, so are you star that, has nothing to do with anything. it was a very affecting story from the, now on stars around i was a star
0: in his eyes not you know like, i mean i oh, get that me, but i but love that... him too daddy i love you all right i i think that we should try and turn this into a thing
1: yeah. this conception song idea may have some legs see you tomorrow espn radio
0: mommy and daddy one love